Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Waking Up with Lauren Coletti. This is a show where we dive into relatable topics for relationships, attachment styles, metaphysical teachings, trauma, and more. Thank you for joining in on these authentic conversations with medical professionals, experts, and so many influential guests who come to share their experience and add value to the lives of myself and my beloved listeners. Thank you so much again for joining me in Waking Up Together. Hello, my friends. <laughs> Welcome to Waking Up. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. I want to get right into it. I was not planning to record a podcast episode today, but it's nine o'clock at night and I really got everything I wanted to do out of the way. I came home from work and what did I do? I journaled, I meditated, and I just did some yoga after working out. My whole body is stiff and tight and tense and sore. I legitimately feel like I was hit by an 18-wheeler. I don't know what is going on, um, but I definitely did something not great while I was working out. I started to get back into my exercise regimen about two weeks ago now, and I really like bar and Pilates fitness a lot, but as someone that has a host of back problems, I find it really aggravates my spine, Um, so I think I'm going to start changing it up and alternating between bar and Pilates and weight training. I'm not a huge fan of cardio. I know it's important, but I like low impact exercise. Um, So we're nearing towards the end of March. That's wild. And I cannot wait for the warmer weather to come. I really enjoy taking walks and getting some sunshine out in nature. So hopefully, I mean, it snowed here today in New York, so I don't know when the nice weather will come. It's usually mid-April. It starts to get into the 50s and maybe a couple days in the low 60s if we're really lucky. But isn't it wild what a world of a difference some vitamin D can do? I mean, it's night and day. That's why I cannot wait to GTFO out of here. because Long Island, the weather is absolute nightmare. It's cold, rainy, and it's wintry weather for about six months out of the year. And the other six months, um, it's just really hot and humid and gross. My favorite season is the fall, but autumn, where I live, lasts maybe one month at the most. So it goes from really, really hot to really, really cold in a matter of seemingly like two weeks. So I'm really excited because on April 21st, I will be going back to Europe. I am so excited. I'm also really nervous, obviously. Um, Nothing that I haven't done before, but I am going to be quitting my job. And that brings a lot of fear because around scarcity and lack mentality i was brought up never having enough um you know my basic needs were met and that was about it so one of my biggest concerns is supporting myself and 
being rich, I've never known, but um, has never been super important to me. It's more about feeling wealthy in my life. It's more about feeling abundant in my relationships and myself and feeling prosperous in my connection to the universe. Of course, I want to be able to support myself and stability and financial security are really important to me so that I feel I have all my needs met and taken care of and I can be independent. But it's more so the underlying feeling of freedom is something that I truly value. And I found that my few months when I was traveling in Europe, I have never felt so liberated in my life. And if I have to give up the safety net of my job and leaving America behind, I will happily do that and trade it in. There would, well, I would hope that there will be a time in my life when I can have both. You know, I can have a job I really enjoy and love and I get compensated fairly and well and I have more than enough and I'm also in my purpose, in my passion and living a joyous and overflowing life. So that's the dream, but I will be going, I'm not really sure yet, to be completely honest with you. Um, I had started a TEFL certification and as part of the TEFL certification program that I'm in, you need some face-to-face -face teaching hours. So with that, I'd be an English teacher and I wanted to do my internship in Europe. So right now they are kind of going back and forth between where they're going to place me. It's looking like it's going to be Italy, Greece, or Spain. Um, my top choice is Italy because I really want to see Italy and go around Italy. You know, I've seen a decent amount of Spain. Obviously, Spain is my favorite country in the world. but um, And I cannot wait to go back there more semi-permanently. But I would really like to explore an adventure through Italy. And then I would say Greece is my third choice between the islands. They're thinking of Corfu, Crete, or I think it was Santorini. So <laughs> I won't really know. It's, it's dependent on where the need is. Um, I was told Rome, but it's subject to change at any moment. And then after that, I am going to Albania, which is super random. But truthfully, um, I am really excited to see Albania because someone that I cared about and was in my life for almost a year uh, was from Albania. And he kind of got me intrigued with the country and I took an interest in the culture and, you know, I know it's not next to Albania, but when I went to Romania, um, I just had a life-changing experience. So I think that going to Albania will be super humbling and I'm really, really excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to Tirana uh, and they it just looks so beautiful and I'm going in essentially the end of May to the end of June. I can't wait to see the beaches. And uh, I think it will be a really great opportunity to meet new people. And I love seeing the world because one, there's so much to see. And two, it's 
it really puts things into perspective and makes you realize that there is so much more to life than we ourselves know. And it always gets me thinking, how would I be different? How would my life be different had I been born in Romania versus the United States of America? You know, I do have ancestors from Romania. So you always kind of wonder, like, <laughs> our identity is really a compilation of who we were brought up with, what we observed growing up. And we could be a completely new person had our circumstances been different, which I just think is so mind-blowing because we think that who we are is so set in stone and we know who we are. And I just enjoy traveling so much because it's a way for us to never stop growing and learning about ourselves. And I do recognize the privilege a lot of people don't have the privilege like one for me to just have a cell phone and be American and be recording this podcast but to have the ability to just kind of quit their job and yes it's a privilege but yes I've also worked really hard to save up the money that I have and I I think that a lot of people say they can't afford traveling but really it's about prioritizing I mean what do you want to spend your money on some people want to spend their money on Gucci bags and Prada shoes or I don't know a house on the beach and me with the little money that I do have I want to use it to explore my curiosities about different places and different cultures and travel and visit different places and see the world so I am really excited, nervous, scared, happy, every emotion to be going back. I think the thing I dread the most is the plane ride. Honestly, that plane ride sucks. I've taken it four times and it does not get better. <laughs> so um, I can't, I really want to go to Australia because I have a friend, shout out to Brooke if you're listening. I have a friend that lives over there that I met when I was in Spain. And I think it's like a 30 something hour plane ride. And I just cannot do any more than my Italy plane ride, which is about nine hours. Um, when I went to Romania, I'm pretty sure the plane ride was anywhere between 16 to 18 hours. I do not know how I did that. Honestly, I have not a clue. I feel like it was easier than the nine-hour plane ride to Italy, but one day I will make my way over to Australia because I really do want to see uh, Eastern, Southern Asia. I've also made some friends in Japan, so I would really like to go to Japan and South South Korea, I believe it is. So uh, one day, one day, we'll see. Luckily, they have a lot of English teaching jobs over there, so... I don't know how long I'll do the English teaching for. Maybe it's not for me, but I am willing to take that risk on myself and just take the next year or two or however long to pursue this because I feel in my heart and in my gut that this is the road that I'm supposed to go down at this point in time. I cannot tell you why. I have no idea why. You know, I'm 28 years old. I'm almost 30. <laughs> I'm approaching the end of my PhD program and my whole life really I wanted to be a psychologist I knew that I love talking to people and helping people and I'm actually a really good listener so more than I am a speaker and I thought that was my life my number one life's dream is to be a 
licensed psychologist and it still is a big dream of mine. I'd say it's in the top three. Um, but one day I know I'll get there. I'm not in a rush though, as I was when I was 21 to 24, I had to take a break from school. I dropped out of college at 21. I went back at 24 and that really impacted my self-confidence and my self-esteem because there was people at 22 years old graduating with their bachelor's and by 24 they had their master's and I always had regretted it and wished that I didn't drop out. I had a lot of health problems and an accident so I had to drop out. My mental health was really bad at the time because I was in an abusive relationship and I just after I had a brain injury I could not retain any information so dropping out was probably the right thing to do and I'm so happy that I'm still alive and thankful I survived that but for so long I felt so resentful against myself and I felt like I was falling behind in life and I wanted to do my PhD program in two years which is the shortest amount of time you can do it because I felt I had a rush because I'm running out of time I'm almost 30 and I'm not making six figures and knee deep in my career yet and I was just comparing myself to these societal standards and that of other people, which I still do. I'm still guilty of that. You know, I'm 28 and as single as a person can be. Um, no kids, no engagement, no home, soon no job. <laughs> but now, after going to Europe, my focus has kind of shifted and it's less on what I can attain and acquire and more on how good I can feel and how fulfilled I can feel and the meaning in my life. And for me, that doesn't necessarily come from making six figures, having the title as a clinical psychologist. I mean, one day I trust that I will get there, but for now I'm just kind of chilling and enjoying the ride and Giving this as a gift to myself, I've been through so much adversity and I think I really deserve this, what I'm doing for myself. So it's kind of a juicy reward. I am gifting myself as I reach the end of my 20s because the beginning of my 20s were really, really rocky and really rough. So anyways, that's a bit of an update and... So as far as my timeline, I will be returning home in July for, mm, I want to say 10 days, two weeks, and then I am going to Colombia, which I can't even begin to describe how stoked I am for Colombia, and no one seems to really understand because they think Colombia, oh my gosh, gang lords, you're going to die, the drug cartel. Um, I'm not. I'm going to be super safe. I'm not scared at all, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I'm more so really just so in awe. I think Colombia is such a beautiful country. I haven't even gone there. I know I'm going to love it. Um, just like I knew I would love Spain. And the second my feet got off of that airplane, y'all, I'm not even kidding. I started crying because I'm like, I'm home. This is where I'm supposed to land. And I just felt this huge sense of belonging and like I'm right where I was always meant to be. And I feel like I I might have a connection like that to Colombia. Maybe it's a past life. I don't know if it's because on my maternal side is from Latin America. So 
I love everything about Colombian culture, Spanish culture. I love, adore the Spanish language. And I'm hoping that it will help me to practice my Spanish, learn more conversation skills. My goal is to one day hopefully be fluent and just explore the Latina side of me that I never got to know because I wasn't raised by my birth mother. And I also have a friend in Colombia. I've just been meeting so many people from Colombia lately. So I took it as a sign uh, to go there. And I have met people on my Euro trip that went to Colombia. And I just have a lot of respect for, you know, I've been learning so much about what people who immigrate over from South America had to sacrifice to get a United States passport and I just I just have it's very humbling and I take my hats off to them so that is my plan to spend two to four weeks in Colombia and then hopefully I will start a year-long contract job in Spain in September or, or October I'm getting emotional um because it, a year ago, not even six, nine months ago, it, it just felt like a dream that was so unattainable. And the fact that in six months, I very well will be in Spain teaching. And it's just my heart is overflowing with gratitude. And honestly, I am making a huge sacrifice. You know, I'll be going from making what I make in one week to making that in a month, not even as much. So I have been learning about budgeting and saving my money and just money management. And it's okay. It's a price that I'm willing to pay because I feel like this is my life's path. And this is the chapter of my life where I'm at and I am terrified and just so overjoyed at the same time. And I think that I've proven to myself that I really am super strong and resilient and brave because despite my crippling fear, I walk into it anyway. And that is really the definition of courage. It's not being fearless. It's facing your fears despite your anxieties despite your worries and giving it a try anyway and I really showed myself that I can do that in the last few months I'm so proud of myself my my younger self <laughs> and my future me are just smiling on me and I've developed a respect for myself that I haven't had that I've deserved but I didn't think I was worth and it's a really good feeling so with that I want to get into today's topic, which I wrote a blog post about. If you don't know, I have a website, www.lmcoletti.com. A really good friend of mine, Tiffany, shout out to you, uh, helped me to create it. She's immensely talented, by the way, just super, super gifted. And if you need help with website design, um, you can contact me and I'll give you her information. But... I have a monthly blog and today as of whatever day it is, March something, <laughs> I wrote a blog post about letting go and a lot of my blogs in the past have 
kind of centered around this theme of surrendering and trusting and releasing and patience and acceptance of what is. And I was inspired to write this post because since I returned home three weeks ago, this might be week. Yeah, it's not even a month ago. Damn. Um, a lot has gone on, my friends, like a lot. So I think I've been doing fairly decent with passing tests. Um, and when I say tests from the universe, a program I follow called To Be Magnetic describes tests as opportunities from the universe to level up and step into your authentic self-worth. And the universe essentially throws us tests, whether it be triggers, opportunities, um, a whole host of things. They send these tests our way to ask if we're going to settle for the low self-worth behaviors, etc. that we have in the past. And I think I've been doing really well. I've been getting tested a lot. My form of test is relationships. <laughs> um, I haven't manifested really anything out on the other side, but I'm just going to continue to keep doing the next right thing and tuning into my intuition and taking aligned action. Um, but since I've gotten home, a lot has gone on. And it started with someone that I worked with asking me out on a date and I went on a date and I had a great time. And then all these red flags were abundantly clear and I tried to kind of silence my intuition as I'd done in the past and then the whisper turned into a scream and I couldn't ignore it anymore and I had to trust my gut which has been a lesson repeating repeatedly throughout my life especially as a survivor of domestic abuse I had learned to not trust myself but this time I said not gonna do that again and I'm going to trust myself and I did I set a boundary with this person they completely <laughs> disregarded the boundary which just confirmed to me that I made the right choice and I had found out that my instincts were correct and they're essentially Rico Suave playboy so that happened about a week ago and <laughs> then two weeks ago uh, I was ghosted and then just this last week um, I had heard from someone who I had blocked that I had thought I really loved. And essentially the story with this person, which if you are a listener of my podcast, you know this story and I apologize. This hopefully will probably be the last time I talk about this person um, just for the sake of this episode. So in June, I had went to... Italy and I'm very forward about this I went to Rome and I had met someone <laughs> and I had slept with him and you know I don't regret it never will regret meeting this person because I truly believe his sole purpose was to take me out of a very toxic situation and I don't think if it weren't for that situation, I would have not left the abusive circumstance. Well, I probably would have left it at some point, but it would have dragged on much longer and it was already overdue its expiration. So I wasn't expecting to fall for this twenty young 20-something 20 Italian boy, 
but I did, I did. And over the summer he told me he loved me and we had been talking every day, video chatting almost every night. And I had developed feelings for this person that I didn't expect to. And I wouldn't even say they were a rebound because I, you guys, I would have freaking up and moved to Italy for this person. I was ready to start a family. Like I was so, my friend calls it dickmatized, but I was so hypnotized and knee deep in this fantasy. And this person just at first treated me with so much um, kindness. Like I felt so special. I really felt very special. And it was a great feeling because for two years, I was in a very unhealthy relationship. And I did not feel at all special for the last year of our relationship. I mean, my ex stopped sleeping with me. He wouldn't even buy me a freaking happy meal. It was just very, very cold and uh, contemptuous to me. And it, it's such a nice feeling to feel wanted and chosen by someone, especially when you have felt the opposite for so long. You felt so rejected and small. And... We got into our first fight in September and a side of this person came out that I did not want to see. It was his true colors and they were not very bright. It was a lot of red flags. I could tell right away after this instance that he was dysfunctional and it broke my heart. And, you know, it's not that I didn't see it. It's that I didn't want to see it. It's that I chose to be colorblind when the red flags were right in front of me. And I wasn't ready to let go yet. Even though my intuition was talking to me the whole time, I just didn't want to know. So I stayed in denial and I kept pursuing it. And after September, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be this happily ever after. But sometimes the only way we learn a lesson is when we run into the fire. So in December, since I was doing a European voyage, I decided to make my first stop Rome to see this person that I had, I had missed so very much for the last seven months. And it's quite interesting because, you know, this is going to be explicit. When we had sex, the first night I met him, which was the first time I had ever slept with someone within 24 hours of meeting them. I mean, that is very much, was very much out of my character at the time. You know, I am a very deep, introspective person and I tend to need to have an emotional connection with someone before I become physically intimate because for me, a lot of times... You know, I need that mental stimulation. Looks aren't enough. But, you know, I was an American girl and this guy from Rome. I just, whatever. No judgment to myself. Um, so anyway, yeah, the sex was amazing. It was the best sex I've ever had in my entire life, if I'm being honest. And it just felt so nice because for so many months, I was touch deprived. Like my partner would not sleep with me because he was withholding it as a punishment because he knew I 
wanted that sexual intimacy with him to connect. And he purposely withheld it from me as a power move. And the sex that I had with this person was just out of this world. And for the first time ever, especially as a sexual abuse survivor, I had pleasurable sex, which was so empowering because after being sexually assaulted, you feel like your body is punishment and sex could be really re-triggering and traumatizing. And for a while, I was a sexual anorexic, like I hated sex because it activated those feelings of exploitation and objectification. So I was a little, (laughs) I was actually very disappointed when I went back in December and I was so excited to sleep with this person because at this point I, I thought I was in love with him. So I thought the sex would be even better. But I think that was the issue. You see, I had learned to my dismay, we'll call this person Johnny. Johnny was very emotionally unavailable. So sleeping with a random American girl that he had just met eight hours ago, not even, it was a piece of cake because there was no intimacy involved. It was really just fucking. So when I came in December and I felt an emotional connection with this person, I wanted to know him, mind, body, and soul. I really wanted to love him. That scared the shit out of him. And that's what happens when you pursue emotionally unavailable people. They they are intimidated by people that want an emotional connection. It's too threatening for them because their emotional unavailability, it's a defense mechanism. It's a form of protection. So needless to say, the sex in December was just terrible. Um, and the experience with this person overall was really, it crushed me. It really, really crushed me. They treated me so cruelly with such disdain and such inconsideration. You know, I had flown 10,000 miles and this person didn't ask me to come. I wanted to come. I wanted to give them everything. And that was, I don't want to call it a mistake because I don't necessarily believe in regrets. I believe everything happens as it should. But that was where I could have seen more clearly that we would be wise to not give someone our all, especially if they haven't earned it. As I always say, your time, your energy, your attention, your affection, your love is so precious. And I have a habit of giving it out to people way too easily, much more than they warrant. So I I had my heart completely shattered and I left on New Year's Day knowing that if I had any self-respect in my body, I would never talk to or see this person again. And that broke me because that's not how I anticipated (laughs) this ending, you know? And um, essentially... We had talked a couple times after I left, after he had ghosted me for a month. And it was just so uncompassionate. Just no 
no empathy, no remorse, no self-awareness or insight, no accountability. And I'm all about personal accountability. I'm always willing to say sorry, to take responsibility for my actions, but you can't always be the one apologizing. It has to be mutual. And I'm learning that relationships have to be equal. There has to be equal interest. There has to be equal effort. There has to be equal communication. I'm not going 95%, 100% anymore for people that won't even give me 1%. It's just not happening. So I really, I feel a sense of peace knowing that I had to go through that to learn that lesson and to finally be ready to close that chapter. And so after a couple of events had happened over the last week or so, I had a moment where I was feeling bored, um, but more so than bored, I was feeling a little empty. I was feeling empty because I had cut communication with this person from my job that I had gone out with and I had someone that I had taken interest in deaded me and you know I just wasn't feeling my best and a lot of times when I'm in those moments of feeling low not aligned with my integrity I do actions I take actions that aren't super dignified or aligned with my higher self and I had unblocked this person um I'm still working on the self-sabotage, self-destructive <laughs> coping mechanisms. But, uh, you know, we try to get better every day. That's all we can do. And within a matter of mi- minutes, really, this person somehow knew I unblocked them on Instagram and had messaged me. And truthfully, I feel like if... I hadn't received this message, I would have reblocked them once I came to, you know, I came out of my amnesia. A lot of times after a period goes by where you have no contact with whether it's someone that is pretty narcissistic or just mean to you, you have this this selective amnesia. You forget what they said to you, what they did to you. And you have this euphoria of all the good times. So I think that's what happened. Um, But clear as day, it came back to me. And I read this message that they had sent me. And it was not a very kind message. Uh, It was essentially guilting me and blaming me for blocking them, which I blocked them as a personal boundary of mine. Because I did not want to see them. I did not want to talk to them. I did not want to hear from them. Think about them. And no apologies. But it was really, uh, you know, predictable. This person has never really owned up to their actions. And then they called me. He video chatted me. And I heard my phone buzzing. And I saw that they were video chatting me and I thought it was a mistake um, because when I responded to them, 
telling them essentially, I'm not going to talk to you the way that you talk to me because I once loved and cared for you and I respect you. And when you respect someone, you do not verbally abuse them or bully them. And then they had left me unread and then they called me a few moments later. And I didn't answer the video chat, at least the first time. When I opened my phone and I hit Instagram messages, it recalled them on my end. And I was like, oh, fuck. And they picked up and I was like, I did not mean to call you. (laughs) Please disregard this. And it was actually quite comical because this person so nonchalantly was just like, how are you doing? Like, as if, as if nothing had happened over the last three months. It was, it was just it was fascinating to me. Just really fascinating as a soon-to-be psychologist. It's just really just the mind. The, I just cannot imagine what goes inside, goes on inside someone like this is mind. It's like... It's really unbelievable. Hence why I'm doing my dissertation on psychopathy. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, So this was a great moment. This was a really good moment for me. Because looking at this person, looking at this person who I thought I was so deeply in love with, who I wanted to have babies with prematurely, who I... I just had this imaginary idea of us getting married and me moving to freaking Italy and looking at this person now, knowing what I knew about them, it, it, it just came to me. This person has nothing to offer me. Like I, it's like the rose colored glasses got removed. The fog lifted. And when I fell out of love with this person, I saw them for who they truly are. And it was just vastly fascinating, but vastly different than the way I had viewed them three months ago. Because three months ago in December, when I was so um, just, when I was in lust with this person, what is the word? Infatuated. When I was so infatuated with this person, I saw them like they just were pushed out of Jesus's asshole. Please excuse my language. But they were God's gift to the earth. Like they could never do wrong. They were the most perfect human being to ever exist. Um, I just, I thought they were everything I could have ever wanted. And I, I looked at him like he put the stars in the sky. And I glorified him. He was up on this pedestal. And... Now, when I saw him last night, I was like, wow, you were really not as great as I made you out to be in my mind. Yeah, you were hot as fuck, but that's, that's it. And I'm not trying to put this person down. I'm not trying to speak ill of this person. I do not wish this person bad at all. I wish them the best. I wish them healing. And I think a part of me will always have love for this person because when I when I love someone, whether it's a family, a friend, or a boyfriend, I I legitimately love them forever. Um, 
and I, I love unconditionally. It doesn't mean I'm in love with them. It doesn't mean I want a relationship with them. Do I want a relationship with my ex-boyfriends? Fuck no. I hope I never see their face again. <laughs> but I I love them. It's it's very difficult to explain. Um, so yeah, not, I don't wish this person anything but healing and love. And maybe for them to see themselves one day as I saw them, because clearly they fucking hate themselves or I, I just don't know why they're, they're so angry at the world. They really have a chip on their shoulder. They are, they just hate the world. And this person said I was so fragile and weak and I realized, oh, my friend, I'm so sorry. I, I feel so sad for this person truly because they think that by having feelings, that by loving deeply, by having an open heart that that makes me weak. And I think it's the other way around. I think that loving and having an open heart and feeling deeply is the strongest, bravest, most courageous, badass thing that a person could do. Because so much has happened to me that I could easily have turned into a sociopath and like shot up a place, like easily. I would have had the quote unquote excuse. That sounds terrible. Um, but no, instead of my experiences turning me bitter, I try to use them at least as a catalyst to make me better, to help people, to validate people, to assist people in feeling less alone, to help people feel loved. I don't let the world turn me cold, no matter how hard I could have Ben, I remain soft. So I, I really have so much compassion for this person because I used to call him a puffer fish. He's a puffer fish. When someone gets close, poof, his spikes come out because he's scared. But, you know, that's not my problem anymore. I wanted it to be my problem because I wanted to help him. I wanted to rescue him. I wanted to quote unquote fix him. No longer am I falling for potential. When someone shows me who they are, I have to take it at face value. That's a huge lesson I continue to relearn. Um, but I'm not here to save anyone. I don't want anyone to rescue me. And I don't want to teach people how they should treat me. That's not my responsibility anymore. It never was. But I used to think that if I loved someone good enough, then they would love me back. And I realized that people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. And for me, since self-awareness and emotional intelligence is a huge value of mine and something I'm constantly striving for, a person I'm with needs to be insightful. They really, really need to be insightful. Their heart needs to be bigger than their pride. Because this person and a lot of people that I've fallen for, their, their ego gets in the way of so much and the ego isn't inherently bad. But there needs to be a balance. There needs to be a middle ground because when our ego is too strong, we can fall and teeter towards more of a histrionic or narcissistic personality 
But when it goes on the other side, the opposite extreme, we fall prey to victimization, for people-pleasing, for codependency. So we need to meet (laughs) halfway. Um, But anyway, this moment for me, last night I felt like I finally freed myself. I freed myself from holding on to hope that this person would change, that this person would wake up and realize, wow, I have someone here that's trying to offer me the world that wants to know me, that loves my flaws and my imperfections. (laughs) I was clinging to that. And last night I realized, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, I really don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck and it's the best feeling I have felt in a very long time. Like, Johnny, you're not my problem anymore, baby boy. I wish you well and I wish you the fuck away from me. I I don't want your energy near me because <laughs> I'm trying to keep my vibe high and I just can't have someone who's just so full of just hatred and whatever he has going on i mean i just i i pray one day he figures that shit out but i will not be here while he sorts it out if he so chooses because from my interpretation he has no interest in bettering himself um and that's a personal choice you know we're not all of all of us aren't interested in developing and growing and healing I feel personally that the people that are tend to probably be older souls that have, you know, incarnated many, many, many times, numerous times. And the people that are um, just not conscious, they're probably new souls. And that's not a righteousness thing. That's not, oh, we're superior to them kind of thing. It's simply my personal opinion. But, um... Yeah, y'all, I just, I felt so liberated that I, I feel I finally came to terms with the truth and accepted it. And it's so liberating because now I can move on. And I feel so happy because I really didn't know how to do so before. I just thought it would just be a matter of time. And I, I didn't know if or when I would fall out of love with this person, but... I'm not waiting around for them anymore. And you know, if I happen to be in Rome and our paths happen to cross, I will be civil. I'll be friendly. But I'm recognizing and realizing that sometimes the version of someone we have in our head, it doesn't match up with the version of the person where they are who they actually are right now. And I think for me, that was, that was the gap in a lot of my relationships. And that's what I'm working on. Um, Amongst many other things, that is what I am presently working on. And just finding solace and solitude in being alone Because I got to tell you, when I was lying next to Johnny in bed, 
on December 31st, 2022. I had felt so lonely. And for the rest of my Euro trip, um, I mean, the first couple of <laughs> the first couple of weeks were really tough, but after that, once I got to Spain, you know, I was alone for eight weeks. I had never felt more connected than I did, and it was a refreshing, beautiful, magical, awe inspiring experience so i know i don't need someone lying next to me one day hopefully i will have the honor of someone that has the privilege of being in my space in that way but i'm cool just rocking it by myself for as long as i need to because i don't want to entertain the chase anymore. I don't want to have to beg someone to see me, to hear me, to love me, to choose me. <sighs> so it was really, really good feeling. <laughs> Bittersweet, very unexpected, but a, a great feeling. I feel I got a lot of closure last night and closure is something a lot of us don't get. It's kind of this mystical term that I don't even think half of us know what it means. For me, I always thought closure was someone apologizing. But a lot of times, the apology never comes, especially if the person is <laughs> not working on themselves, doesn't have the personal inquiry to reflect on their actions. And I, I never did get an apology from this person, but I felt so much closure because for me, closure is the letting go, is the shutting of the door, is the even energetic boundary of, I'm not allowing this into my space anymore. I'm not entertaining this. I'm not accepting that this is the best I can do. It's setting the higher standard for yourself. And it's just going on about living your best damn life without this person. They don't have to see it. You don't have to make them jealous because that's not closure. That means that you, you still care about and are holding on to what they think about you and you want to one-up them. But real, true surrender, fully releasing, cutting that attachment to the person is... You can think whatever the hell you want about me. I don't need to explain myself to you. I'm done trying to explain to you how I feel because you're never going to understand. And frankly, you probably will never care. But neither do I now. And that's okay. And that's it. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to justify why I did X, Y, and Z to this person. I'm done trying to make it rational to them so they can comprehend how they hurt me you know what <laughs> fuck that i have better things to do <laughs> so um yeah that was my night last night and i feel <laughs> i feel good in this moment i feel like 
everything continues to unfold exactly as it was meant to. And I'm really starting to work on leaning into and developing my trust. I might not know the way. I might not know where the hell I'm going and how the fuck I'm going to get there. And that's okay. Because I believe in myself. That I'm capable, I'm equipped, and I have the ability to get where I need to be. And it's a really peaceful and calm feeling. I feel like I can breathe again. (laughs) I feel like I can see with a fresh pair of eyes and um, it hasn't been easy. It's been a really pretty difficult year full of a lot of challenges. But reflecting back on where I was last March, I was in a miserable relationship. I had just started at my job. I was a newbie. (laughs) I didn't think I was worth the title of director at my current role. I felt like an imposter. And things have been hard. But here I am. I made it. I will continue to make it, and so will you. And I hope you know, even though my narratives are always sort of a monologue, I do it this way because even though I am well-educated, I could say all the facts and all the research and all the empirical evidence-based literature articles on X definition, whatever. But I like to make it more applicable to my personal life, share my own story and experiences with you. And I hope in my voice that you hear your own and you know that you're not alone, you are valid. And I'm right here with you doing the work with you on this journey together. So with that being said, this is long. I wasn't expecting this to be an hour. I really hope it saves because a lot of times when I record on my phone, it doesn't save. I'm not putting that into the universe. That would be terrible. Um, it's always my best episodes too. <laughs> Lord help me. But with that being said, I am so happy you're here. I'm so thankful for you taking time out of your crazy busy day to be here with me together and if you want to reach out to me and share what you thought of this episode or how it resonated with you you can contact me on instagram at lauren m coletti if you enjoyed this episode please like rate subscribe and share with a friend and i'll talk to you in the next episode thank you my loves